Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, Blaze Church. If you don't know me, my name is Joe, and I'm privileged and excited and honored to be wrapping up our series on the book of Galatians. We've called this series Grace on Repeat because of the constant reminder that the Apostle Paul is pointing out in his letter to the Galatian church. And that reminder is simple. That reminder is this. It is the gospel, the good news, that we are saved and in right relationship with God solely because of God's amazing grace. And through that simple yet incredible truth, we've been discovering that grace enables us to honor people. It enables us to have an identity in Christ. It enables us to rely on God to live a free life and so much more. And if, if you've missed one of the weeks and you want to catch up, you can always head over to our YouTube channel. We upload our message each week um, for you to see past messages. And today's focus is to discuss relationships. Now, we all have many different relationships in our lives. We have relationships at home, at work, at school, here at church, the gym, online, social media, and so many other different places throughout our life. And as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that we're all in different stages of our lives when it comes to making new relationships. So some of us are in this one bucket where we're actively looking for new relationships. We're social. We're, we're looking for new friendships. We're maybe looking for a spouse to spend the rest of our life with. And then we've got some who are actively working on their current relationships. You're working on getting to know one another. You're working on trust and love and, and building that relationship. And then I think there's this third bucket, and uh, it's it's the bucket that says... I think I got enough people in my life. I think I'm. I think I'm set. I think I'm. I'm good. Um, and I'll be honest. Sometimes I find myself in that last camp. I'm thinking I don't need any more friends. I, I'm good. I've got a big Italian family. I've got friends here at church. I'm fine. And maybe you can relate to this. Um, uh, every so often, I log into Facebook. I'm met with all these notifications, and sometimes I get all these friend requests. And as I'm scrolling through these friend requests, I'm looking through, I'm looking through, I'm reading these names, and I'm just asking the same question. How do I know you? How do I know you right now? So after doing, you know, a few minutes of investigation, clicking on other people's profiles, you're like, okay, uh, you're a friend of a friend of my cousin twice removed. We met once in a party 10 years ago. I, I, um, you want to you want to start a relationship? You want to start a friendship on Facebook? Maybe maybe I'll leave this one pending for a little bit. Um, but regardless of what we think about the number of relationships in our lives and how many relationships you need in our in your life, we're all navigating. Um, all of these different very relationships and not all of them are daisies and sunshine. Not all of them are doing great. Maybe for you this morning, you hear me talking about relationships and you're thinking of a, a broken relationship. You're thinking of a, a family member that you don't speak to or they don't speak to you anymore. Or maybe you're thinking about a relationship that was founded on mistrust thinking, how could that person keep that information from me for so long? 
Or maybe you're thinking about a relationship that was founded on abuse or fear or lack of communication. Why, why can't we just connect? Why can't you open up to me so I can genuinely know you? Maybe you're thinking of a relationship that's gone wrong. Or maybe your relationships today aren't broken in your eyes, but they're very focused on you. How, how do I get the most out of my relationship? How can I receive what I need? Or, or maybe all your relationships right now feel very surface level. They feel like you don't have anyone in your life who, who generally seems to care, to want to check in on you, that seems to want to take interest in your life. Well, no matter the situation, I think there's one thing we can all agree on this morning is we want genuine relationships, but the question is, are they possible? Because we've already established that our relationships can be messy, but can our relationships get messy sometimes, yet can they be healthy? And this morning, we're going to look at what God has to say about relationships because God actually cares about how we relate to one another. And today we're going to look at three different ways to navigate our relationships in the book of Galatians. And what I'm hoping that what we will discover and realize this morning is that relationships are both essential and possible. Say those two words, essential and possible. So let's open up to Galatians 6 and we'll start right at verse 1. And Paul is writing to the Galatian church. He says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So let's let's just stop right there. What what is Paul saying? So again, we're talking, he's talking to the Galatians church. So he's talking to people who are believers of Christ, and he's talking about how they should handle situations of sin. And we're we'll soon find out later on how we should navigate our relationships with everyone. But before we get too far, I wanted to read another translation of this verse because I thought it was really helpful for for it to impact us and understand. It says, if someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. And I love that there's this distinction between forgivingly restoring and critical comments. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like it can be easy sometimes in a relationship to make ourselves feel better when the other person has done something wrong or the other person has had a moral failure or the other person has made some kind of mistake. You know, I stand guilty of doing this in my past thinking, wow, I've never stooped that low or I never did that illegal thing or I, I never made someone feel that bad. And I'm just using it as a way to make myself feel better. But Paul's distinct to the point to point out that we are to correct everyone say correct and this is our first way Paul discusses healthy relationships to correct and restore that person gently but while also looking inwardly at our own selves while doing so and part of this passage is actually reiterating what Jesus said while he was on earth in Matthew so in Matthew 7, starting in verse 3, Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And and what Paul's saying here is that, and what Jesus is saying is it's not just about judging or, or, or being critical. There is this component of correction. And as I was preparing, and I don't know if you're feeling the same way, sometimes I think and I squirm in my seat a little bit thinking, okay, you're telling us to, to correct one another. You're telling us to, to point things out in one another. Um, but Paul is saying to do this with love. Paul is saying to do this without an intent to judge without an intent to make someone feel bad, but with the sole intention of pointing them back to Jesus. So correction is just one aspect of a healthy, grace-filled relationship. Now, what Paul isn't saying is that, you know, after service, you go home, you look at your wife, your kids, your spouse, and you're like, let me tell you everything you did wrong today. Let me, let me grab out the list. Um, you didn't pick up your socks. You didn't put away the clothes. No, no, no. These are corrections for times where you see sin in someone that you care about and you want them to be more like Jesus. James 5 speaks about this starting in 19. James says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. It's another great reminder of the reason of why we're doing this. It's to turn people back to Jesus. And a great way to do this and a great way to make like a practical great way to make a healthy connection. Maybe you're saying, I I don't know if I have one of those in my life. is through a Blaze small group. Has anyone attended a summer Blaze small group this season? It is, I mean, we only have one week left. It's flown by, but it's just been an amazing time to connect with genuine people. And maybe you've struggled in the past. You said, "I, I don't know if my connection is genuine. I don't know if this person really cares about and supports me. And I can tell you firsthand in the small groups that I've attended and the one I'm attending now, I know that each and every person there actually wants to know how my week was. Each and every person there actually wants to support me. And I I would hope and I know that each and every person, if they saw that there was sin in my life that was turning me away from God and in the other direction, that they would privately correct me if it needed to come to that. And that's not all. So let's continue in Galatians, starting in verse two. Paul says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So there's two components. We've got carrying each other's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. And we'll start with the first thing. The the, the next thing that Paul is saying about a healthy relationship is to carry. Everyone say carry. So our relationships aren't here just for the sole purpose of coming together, pointing out sin in each other's lives. We're called to carry each other's burdens. And that can be in many different forms. And they don't have to be complicated ways. They could be simple ways. It could, be, it could look like you walking into church, introducing yourself to someone you don't know, and asking them how they've been. It could be helping out somebody in a time of need, both maybe with financial or maybe just giving your time to somebody who really needs support. Might be just being a shoulder to cry on. Someone, to, someone just to listen. Maybe you could think of a time in your life where someone has 
offered that to you. Or maybe you can think of a time where your intention and your sole intention of a relationship was just to be there for someone in any capacity, just because you had this deep love for them. And then you have the second half where the act of that is fulfilling the law of Christ. So what, what does that mean? Because we've heard about the law in the Old Testament. We've heard about different laws and how Jesus fulfills the law. Um, but how are we fulfilling the law of Christ? Well, Paul is once again calling back to something that Jesus said when he was on earth. In John, start, uh, John chapter 13, 34, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. In my study Bible, when I was reading up on this passage in John, um, they, they had something beautiful in the notes about this passage. And I thought it was just worded so great that I wanted to read it word for word. My study Bible said, to love others is not a new commandment, but to love others as much as Jesus loved others was revolutionary. Now we are to love others based on Jesus's sacrificial love for us. Such a love will not only bring unbelievers to faith in Jesus, but also keep believers strong and united in a world hostile to God. So this passage and what they wrote here is just, it's another tie back to God's grace. It's another tie back to the unending grace of God, that God sent Jesus in our place for our sins. A sacrifice that was undeserved, a burden of sin that was on our our shoulders, was once our responsibility to bear. But then Jesus said, no, I'm going to step in and I'm going to take your place. That type of love, that sacrificial love, is what we should be thinking about when we love in our relationships. And the truth of grace is what we hold on to during those times, especially during the times when it's hardest to love a difficult person in our lives. Our sin wasn't lovely. Our sin isn't lovely. But when we humble ourselves and submit to the love of Jesus, we can show love and we get the strength to show love through the Holy Spirit. And this is talked specifically in another letter that Paul wrote to the Romans. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Our love for Jesus should pour out into our relationships. The love that Jesus gave us, we are pouring out that love to others. And I firsthand have seen this love poured out into my life from other believers. I've seen it when, when my family needed it the most, when the whole household was sick and someone shows up on the doorstep with some food, or when I had a family member in the hospital and there's people rushing there just to pray with me in the waiting room, or when life was just completely hectic and they just reached out to say, how are you doing? And and these acts of love were not fueled by selfish ambition or wanting anything in return. These acts of love, people weren't trying to show on social media that they did a good deed 
None of them were trying to make themselves feel morally good. These were relationships that, that I've had with believers who have been transformed by Jesus and are fueled by the grace and love of God, which makes them want to provide genuine help and support in my life. When we carry each other's burdens, it's based on the sacrificial love of Jesus. So let's look at the third component of a healthy relationship that Paul discusses in Galatians. Starting in Galatians 6, starting in verse 7, Paul says, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So the third aspect of a healthy relationship Paul is pointing out is to carefully crop. Everyone say carefully crop. So let's break, let's break that down. What does it mean to carefully crop? What did, what did we read here? Well, first we've got this analogy of planting and harvesting. If your relationship is based on what can I get out of this? How can I maximize my fun and pleasure? How can this person make me feel better about myself? Well, your harvest isn't going to be a pretty one. These types of relationships that are founded on selfishness, they eventually will result in brokenness. And maybe you can recall a current or past relationship where it was founded on this, where you felt that it was a give and take, where you felt that it was all about either the person or yourself. Maybe you were on the giving or the receiving end. And it can get really messy when God isn't at the center. But when we carefully crop or when we act based on the response of God's grace and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, we harvest eternal life. We bring more people to know God. So what does that practically look like? What are some of the qualities we can sow into our relationships? Well, the answers are not just found in Galatians, but they're found throughout all of God's word. And here's just a few. Loving unconditionally, like the Good Samaritan. Turning the other cheek, saying, I, I forgive you. Being slow to speak. Being quick to listen. And those are just a few. There's so much more. And there are incredible examples of a healthy, essential relationship. And the motivation for all of this, for the harvesting, it isn't just simply to reap. Because we sow from what we know. What we, we sow from being shown this incredible grace of God that is, in, that is in our lives. It's at work in our lives actively. And some of you may be struggling this morning saying, I, I don't think I can sow because... I don't, I don't know if I, I know the depth of this grace, the depth of the gospel. It all comes back to grace. It all comes back to grace on repeat. We didn't deserve it, but we were given it anyway. A free life, a life with God. And it was with no strings attached, no works that you had to put in. It was a sacrificial love from Jesus. 
a life in response to the grace-filled love of someone who stepped down to earth to take a brutal punishment on our behalf, to wash away every sin in order for us to know God. It's one of our core values here at Blaze is to know God and have a deep relationship with him. And Paul encourages us in these next verses in Galatians 6 to keep going, to keep running the race. In Galatians 6, starting in verse 9, Paul says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Here, Paul is acknowledging that walking the Christian life can get very discouraging sometimes. When you feel like the world is opposing you, when you feel like culture, everything in culture, everything you see on social media, everything you see online is saying the opposite. But Paul is saying you need to trust God's timing because God's timing is perfect. His plan is perfect. And I love the way he phrases this. He says, we have the opportunity the opportunity to do good to all people. And the opportunities are everywhere. Everywhere you go, both in your home and the moment you take a step foot out, everywhere, work, church, at the store, at the park. And at Blaze, we have so many opportunities to do good to all people through our dream team. We have community events right here in Riverhead. We support missions And the sole intention of all of this is just to show the love of Jesus in everything that we do. And I encourage you, if you haven't checked out what our dream team's all about, what our our growth track's all about, I encourage you to go to blazechurch.org slash growth track. It is just a simple and easy way to say, hey, I want to get involved. Where can I best fit in this? Where can I best serve? Now, Paul is just going over three ways to build a healthy relationship. But it's not an exhaustive list. And God's word is filled with with so many other ways. But as we wrap up this specific series and reflect on chapter six, but not just chapter six, but the whole book of Galatians, it's pointing back to the unending grace. His grace is leading us to love. And our love is translating into our relationships and the love that we show into these relationships are essential. They are possible. I want to invite the band back up. As we close, um, I want to make it a point to say that as we strive to be more like Jesus, we aren't always going to get it right. I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, I don't always get it right. And I don't want that to be discouraging because it is the grace on repeat that we hold on to as that reminder that we can have these healthy relationships, that we can show love first, that we can lovingly correct each other in a way that points people back to Jesus, that we can carry each other's other's burdens to show the love and the sacrificial love of Jesus, that we can carefully crop words of life and speak words of life into each other to honor God and to bring more people to know Jesus, bring more people 
to, to accept him as our savior. Maybe this morning you are feeling like your relationships are too far gone. They're beyond repair. There's a person you haven't spoken to. There's a person where things ended bad and you feel like my relationships are broken. I want to encourage you that what God's word says is that your relationships are and can be healthy when you look to God's grace and let everything flow out from that simple truth of the gospel, that simple truth of the sacrificial love that Jesus poured out for our sins in order to have this relationship, to fix our eyes on Jesus and build our relationships from that foundation. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together in your presence, to worship you, Lord. We, we thank you for, for those who feel like that their relationships are broken, for those who feel like that maybe their relationships aren't genuine, or maybe their relationships, there are some that need restoration. Well, we know you're the great restorer, God. We know that you can do anything, Lord. And we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your sacrifice that your son made for our sins so that we can walk this earth and show that love to bring more people to know you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.